What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It is hump day. It's Wednesday, May the 17th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 861 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. We have another great show for you here today. But again, we're straying off our beaten path. We're kind of mixing things up a little bit this week here in the first hour. Typically, we have Junius Smith III on in our first hour on Wednesdays, but he is under the weather. I'm going to get to that here in a second. But uh, So we're going to have our Tuesday first hour guest. He's a news editor of the best dang local newspaper in all the land. And also, he's our NBA and hoops expert, Richard Clark of the Carteret County News-Times. The NBA's Western Conference Finals started last night. The Eastern Conference Finals began tonight. We can't wait to talk to him about all that. I'm uh, going to talk a little John Morant with him. NBA Draft Lottery, which, uh, if you're a Charlotte Hornets fan like uh, like I am, I mean, they're, they're not my favorite team. I'm a Celtics fan. You guys know that. But uh, my, my number two team is the Hornets or are the Hornets. And, man, just uh, uh so close last night, so close to winning uh, the draft lottery. They end up with the second pick, and it almost takes me back to, I don't know what year it was, but whenever it was that uh, Shaquille and Alonzo Mourning came out, and uh, the Hornets got the number two pick that year. And, yeah, Alonzo was pretty good, but he was definitely no Shaquille O'Neal. And I think that's the deal this year, too. But we'll be talking to Richard about that here. Less than 20 minutes or so, so looking forward to that. Uh, again, uh, Richard Clark of the Carteret County News-Times, our NBA and hoops expert. But it's also Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's Wood Ducks Wednesday here on the show. In our second hour, we're going to be joined on the phone. Now, he won't be live with us here because uh, they have an 11 a.m. game today. But the general manager of the Woodies, uh, John Clements, will be joining us. So the dudes are in the middle of a 12-game homestand. He's going to get us caught up on all the great things the team is doing this week to get you out to historic Granger Stadium. And there are a lot of great uh, uh, things that are going on out there this week. Uh, giveaways and fireworks and Thirsty Thursday. And like I said, Education, today, education Day. If you listen to us live, <coughs> excuse me. If you listen to us live this morning, it's, a, it's only uh, 7.03 and uh so the game will be uh in less than four hours however if you listen to us our three o'clock broadcast the game is already over i'm willing to bet it's already over as short as the games are now uh so i hope you guys so let's time travel i know john loves when i do that uh if you listen to our three o'clock uh rebroadcast and i hope you made it out there for the uh wood ducks win today <laughs> okay hey a uh, little serious talk here as uh, we begin the show i mentioned that you know wednesdays that's typically when we have junius on 
uh, and we talk prep sports. We've got a lot of prep sports to talk about. Some sad prep news as we'll get to it here in a little bit. But uh, listen, just uh, I'm, I know I'm not very much the uh, the praying type. Uh, I, I I do, but uh, I don't know. Let's just cut to the chase. Uh, Junius uh, Junius needs prayers right now. Uh, going through a, a really rough patch right now. I'm not going to get into details until I talk to his family in depth, but, uh, he's, he's going through some tough times right now. And, you know, I mean, uh, Junius, we love Junius. Uh, I, we brought him, I brought him to Kinston back in, uh, 2014, I guess it's 2014. Maybe it's even 2013 to be my government writer at the, uh, Kinston daily free press. He left for a little bit, came back and, uh, became our uh, sports editor at the free press. And as you know, I mean, he's done a lot of great work, uh, first for, uh, for, uh, w- when he came back, like I said, for the free press, he left that and, uh, helped us start uh, news news was a sports reporter there, did a fantastic job there. Then started encmoments.com and, uh, has been uh, the preeminent voice of sports here for about a decade. Uh, yes, other folks do good work too, but I mean, when you think about, uh, high school sports in this area, it is it, for the last decade, it's been, uh, Junius, or I guess the last seven or eight years, whatever. Uh, he needs your prayers right now. I'll just leave it at that. And, uh, if I get clearance from his parents, I'll give you more details about that as we uh, go on in the week. But, uh, love you, Junius. Uh, just, uh, think the world of the kid. Nobody works harder than him. And, uh, but just like I said, going through a tough time right now. And, uh, again, Throw some prayers up there for him, and uh, let's uh, send positive vibes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I, I know he will appreciate that. But like I said, as uh, we get more details, uh, or I can share more details, I'll share them with you as the week goes along. But uh, love you, Junius, and hope everything uh, starts getting better with him. Okay, uh, where do I start first? Let's let's uh, we'll do the prep sports stuff last. Uh, the Downey's Wood Ducks yesterday. They started a six-game set with the Fayetteville Woodpeckers, and uh, they won last night 10 to nothing at Historic Granger Stadium. Game two of that six-game set is today at 11 a.m. Uh, the Woodies are uh, 19 and 13 overall. They are in first place. They're tied atop the Carolina League North with the hated Carolina Mudcats. Both of them are 19 and 13. Lots of great stuff, like I said, going on this week, and we'll break down more of that uh, when we have uh, John Clemens with us in our second hour, uh, he'll uh, help us kick off our second hour. Uh, I know education day today, uh, that means it's going to be about 2000 screaming kids out at uh, Granger stadium. I'm going to do my best to get out there for that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, thirsty Thursday tomorrow, then fireworks Friday on uh well Friday night. Then they're doing a sweet red, white, and blue hat giveaway on Saturday. Then there'll be uh, Dogs and Dogs Day uh, at the ballpark on Sunday. So uh, get out there, support the Down East Wood Ducks this weekend. Again, like I said, we're just kind of just touching on it right now. And uh, <laughs> Shane Alvey just uh, hit me up. As you know, he is the the uh, public address voice for the uh, Down East Wood Ducks. He said the homers were a flying out of the ballpark last night for uh, the Down East Wood Ducks. So, uh, man. Uh, he'll be out there today. I, I'm doing my best to get out there today too. I'd love to see a couple of innings of that game for sure. Tell you what, let's, uh, get John and John in here and, uh, knock out a couple of ads here and then we'll uh, get back to the monologue. 
I got to tell you, I've had my life insurance with Woodman Life for more than 10 years, and I absolutely could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woodman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community, as evidenced by its donations of American flags to every group, organization, church, or government agency that needs one right here in eastern North Carolina. Thank you so much to Danny Rice, Jared Edwards, and Woodman Life for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston. It's right beside Highland Furniture across from Cell Auto Mall. Arendal Parrot Academy is the largest independent, non-sectarian college prep school in the region. Located on a beautiful 80-acre campus in Kenston, Parrot draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including Kenston, Greenville, Snow Hill, Newburn, Wilson, Goldsboro, Trenton, Maysville, Jacksonville, and maybe Hookerton. Parrot Academy remains steadfast in its purpose of providing the best possible instruction and learning environment for its students. Arendal Parrot Academy students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kinston. Absolutely. And again, I appreciate all our day one sponsors. You just heard from two of them right there. And then our big one that we love so much is Lenore Community College. For 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives lcc's mission is to meet the personal cultural and professional educational needs of its students through affordable accessible and innovative educational programs lcc has its main campus right here in kinston at 231 highway 58 south but it also has satellite campuses in green county and jones county call lcc at 252-527-6223 visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in kinston snow hill or trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And thank you again so much, Dr. Uh, Rusty Hunt, to Richie Honeycutt, to uh, all the folks over at Lenore Community College. And uh, like I said, you can change your life. You can do that. Call them, 252-527-6223. The uh, uh, summer semester begins in five days on May the 22nd. You can still register. Again, uh, any of those methods will do it. And uh, do something to help yourself out. You can do that by attending Lenore Community College. Hey, uh, ECU uh, last night. Man, you talk about a game that I kind of wish I had gone to last night. They took on Campbell at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Uh, fell behind. I believe they were down 11-5. to Battled all the way back. Uh, but ends up with a 14-13 to loss. Uh, against the Camels of uh, Campbell University. Uh, Campbell's now 40-11 and 11 overall. Uh, ECU is 38-15 and 15 and swept at the hands of Campbell. Uh, ECU played Campbell three times this year. Lost to them all three times by one run each time. And uh, I, I really think... Uh, <laughs> I really think that... Uh, uh, they, they have fallen out of probably hosting. We'll see what happens. They've got a big regular season finale series at South Florida beginning tomorrow night, Thursday through Saturday. I, uh, I, I'm in, they've got to sweep all three of those. I would put them at 41 and 15 and, but their RPI is so low. They can't win a, uh, a mid season or a midweek game to, for anything, and, uh, again, being swept by UNC Wilmington, being swept by Campbell this year, uh, just some 
some bad losses, and it's a weak AAC this year. I'd be real interested to see what's going to happen, but we'll find we'll find out soon enough of that as that comes up this weekend. What the uh, where uh, the Pirates are going to end up being placed. I hope they've got a. Hopefully, they'll be one of the top sixteen seeds in the uh, country, but we'll wait and see what happens with that. Hey, uh, shout out to Greg Clemens who's listening right now. I didn't know you would be listening, Mister Clemens. I have a uh, John on. I have Jonathan on here in the second hour, but. Uh, uh yeah i I will i'm gonna do my best to be out there today and support the quack attack for sure but um uh i hope everything went well mr clemens yesterday uh he had uh some uh some uh, dental surgery yesterday so i'm hoping everything went well but if you're messaging me this morning i'm guessing that means it is good but i was going to talk about you in the second hour with uh, your son but I hope you're doing well, Mr. Clemens. Uh, hit me back. Let me know how everything went. Uh, okay, that's ECU baseball, the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they, well, uh, we found out. Uh, we found out. I get today is Wednesday. We found out late Monday that they will be playing on Thursday and Saturday at PNC Arena. They are the hosting. Uh, they are hosting the Florida Panthers in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. They are the higher seed. They're the two seed. Uh, the Florida Panthers are the eight seed. There you go. Thumbs up from Mr. Clemens. So I guess that means uh, everything went well. Good, 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 good. I'm so glad about that, sir. Uh, but back to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they will host games one and two on Thursday and Saturday at uh, historic, historic Granger Stadium at PNC Arena. Uh, listen, a big, big series. They win this in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, listen, the Dallas Stars are going to be taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, and that is Friday and Sunday. So this is what's beautiful if you're a big hockey fan like myself. Over the next few days, you will get to see uh, starting Thursday. In fact, it's going to be guaranteed at least eight straight days in a row of uh, hockey uh, Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. So uh, that's going to be really neat, starting with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, tomorrow night, taking on the Florida Panthers, a team that looks a lot like Carolina. I mean, all three Stahl brothers are going to be playing in this, two for the Panthers, one for uh, the Hurricanes. It's just going to be a lot of fun over the next uh, week, week and a half or so with that. And let's hope uh, – let's wheel them to the uh, – uh, to the championship for sure, or to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, NBA, uh, it started last night. The playoffs did as the Denver Nuggets defeated the L.A. Lakers 132 to 126. How about Nikola uh, Jokic? Uh, we'll talk. Like I said, we're going to super deep dive into this with uh, Richard here in about five minutes or so. But uh, 34 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists last night. Just uh, I got to tell you, when you watch him, he's just not, you know, it's not sexy. It's not, you know, high flying and all this, but he is just so, so, so good. And again, uh, leads the uh, Nuggets to a, a one nothing series lead. I said there was a Panicelli on uh, the show on Monday. I really, I think the Nuggets are going to win this in five. Nothing against the Lakers, man. As much as I don't like the Lakers, you got to respect what they did. Uh, and, and Keith Spence just messaged me. He's absolutely right. The MVP should have been a uh, Jokic, uh, it, kind of, uh, kind of a crime that it wasn't. I just don't think he cared about it. Spence. I mean, that's like I said, that's one of the things we're going to talk to, uh, uh, to Richard about here in a few minutes, but I, I just uh, it wasn't his priority. I think his priority is just getting out there and getting dubs for uh, the nuggets and winning a championship. And 
I got to tell you, man, I think the the Nuggets have as good a chance of that as uh, anybody. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, like I said, we'll deep dive into that with uh, Richard here in a few minutes. Also, uh, the NBA draft lottery, like I said, was held last night. And if you're a Hornets fan or even a Hornets partisan, you just uh, I, I heard the, the, the sigh of resignation as uh, the Hornets number or the Hornets card was pulled second last night. The San Antonio Spurs got the number one. You know, here's a franchise. that They've been down for a year or two, but, uh, man, uh, they've won the draft lottery twice. Let's see. The first time they got David Robinson, okay, uh, a Hall of Famer. The second time they got Tim Duncan, a Hall of Famer, and probably one of the top 10, 12 players of all time. And then here they go again. They're going to get Victor uh, Wimbayana, uh, who is going to be, uh, it, from everything I hear, and Richard just raves about him, is just an amazing player. So uh, there you go. Uh, that's your NBA uh, update. Now let's get to the, the sad portion of the show. It was uh, Black Tuesday last night for our, uh, what, our three or two of our three baseball teams and a softball team last night as uh, Lenore County is done with uh, prep playoffs now. Uh, man, the upset of the night was uh, North Lenore taking on Camden County. North Lenore led 2-1 to one in that game uh, going into the seventh inning. Camden County put six runs on the scoreboard in the top of the seventh. They end up winning that game 7-2 to two and uh, eliminates uh, North Lenore from the playoffs. Uh, but a great season, man. 17-5 and five for the Hawks. There were a lot of expectations there and really uh, – they, they did a great job. I mean, the Hawks did a great job. They end up uh, being the number one seed coming out of the uh, East Central 2A. Uh, ele- 10 or 11 seniors on that team. And uh, the, the future is still bright, man. I mean, there are uh, some great players. They've got a great pitcher coming back next year. They've got a, a pretty good nucleus. But I'm telling you, on a baseball team, when you lose 10 seniors, that's going to make a big difference. But, uh, again, congratulations to uh, everybody. Jackson Massey. Just class act over there, and uh, just all the players. I hate it for them. I really, really do, as I know they probably expected a little bit more. But uh, man, uh, congratulations to Camden County for that win. But uh, like I said, North and North ends their season at seventeen and five. Uh, we're going to be hearing more from Jackson Massey though here this summer. He is the head baseball coach of the Kinston Wingman. It's a Woodbat League from the old old North State League. They're going to be playing their games over at Lenore Community College, so we will have uh, him on this season or this summer talking about them uh, throughout the uh, summer. Uh, South Lenore, they saw their season come to an end too. They uh, travel to Creedmoor. They take on South Granville, the number three seed in two A. They lose that game ten to four last night. Uh, but uh, again, you talk about a a, a, a team that uh, really played above expectations. I think a little bit. They ended up third in the East Central 2A, uh, ended their regular season really strong, then uh, make it through the first two rounds of the playoffs. Both games on the road, but uh, fall at the hands of South Granville. Like I said, 10-4 last night. South North ends their season at 14-8. And, And, uh, again, thank you so much to David Combs for joining us all season. I mean, just another class act over there uh, in deep run. hate that their season has come to an end. Uh, how about this, though? Uh, Green Central, uh, they keep rolling. Uh, they win their 20th straight game in a row last night as they beat Farmville Central 4 to nothing. They're the number two seed Green Central is. Farmville had uh, upset their way uh, to the third round 
but now Green Central, uh, 22-3 and overall, like I said, 20 straight victories, and they will host South Granville uh, in the uh, fourth round of the state playoffs. I'll begin, I believe that begins on Friday. Uh, still, just to get you caught up, uh, Parrot Academy, they won this past Saturday in the quarterfinals at uh, Greensboro Day in the North Carolina Independent Schools Athletic Association uh, quarterfinals, unfortunately, uh, they had to uh, forfeit that game, and I was—I'll blame myself on this one. I was supposed to try uh, get up with Robert Kravitz, the head baseball coach over there, when I got off there yesterday, but had a bunch of stuff going on and ended up not doing that. So, don't know what happened there, but they are out of the playoffs too. So, like I said, uh, everybody in Lenore County out of the playoffs now, as uh, we'll be getting ready for football season now uh, here in Lenore County. Uh, well, because on top of that too. The Parrot Academy softball team, our last softball team in our area, got knocked out of the playoffs. They traveled to Charlotte yesterday, took on Hickory Grove Christian. They dropped that game a tough uh, loss, 5-4 to four to Hickory Grove Christian. So the Parrot Academy softball team, they end their season at 9-9. Nine and nine. And uh, other than uh, Green Central in our neck of the woods, that'll be it. That's it for uh, prep sports in the 22-23 season. It's always bittersweet when it ends, but like I said, hey, uh, we'll be getting ready for football. Very excited about that. We'll have the East Coast Invitational coming up here very shortly, and uh, so uh, we'll be taking care of all that. Hey, let's get uh, Richard Clark up here on the line with us, but as we do that, let us thank uh, Spence Automotive. Spencer, listen, love you, buddy. Uh, let's get him up here on, uh, or not Spence, but let's get, uh, goodness gracious, Richard Clark up here on the line with us. Uh on the Spence Automotive guest line. Listen, Spence Automotive is where I get my car service. It's where you should go to. Located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building. Next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lot, Spence Automotive is owned by local sports riding legend Keith Spence and is open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252 686-5011. The next time you need your car service, when you need new tires, tell him the Brian Hank Show sent you. By golly, tell him Richard Clark sent you too. Richard, when you need your car worked on, where do you go, dude? I think our motive. There you go. (laughs) That was that was perfect. That was he's listening right now too, so uh he'll he'll get a kick out of that. Uh uh dude, I don't even know where to start. Just uh man. Some uh, I let's start with the NBA draft lottery, dude. Uh, last night you and I are messaging during it, and I'm getting all giddy. You know, I'm a Celtics guy. I don't hide that. I love the sucks, but you know what, dude? I'm also I got some love in my heart for the Hornets, dude. I lived in Charlotte during the Alonzo, uh, Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, Dale Curry, Kenny Atkinson. Uh, during those days, man. I remember back in, you'll have to give me the year, I think it was 92 or 93 when, or maybe it was even before that, um, when uh, we had a chance to have the number one overall pick. We end up getting uh, the second pick in Alonzo Mourning, which was, uh, he was not that bad, didn't stay with the team very long, but uh, we could have got Shaquille O'Neal. Who knows what would have happened in Charlotte if we'd have got him, but here we go, same road again, dude, and we get the number two pick. Yeah, yeah. Rich. Charlotte hadn't had a lot of luck in the draft, so, uh, 
you know. Dude, I just heartbroken, man. And, and I mean, for the let's like I said, I'm not a diehard live and die by what happens with the Hornets. If I was, I'd be dead a long time ago. But it blows my mind. I saw a stat in the last couple of days too that they were talking about the longest streak of teams to never make a Eastern or Western Conference Finals team uh, uh, appearance. And I know I don't have to tell you this, but uh, the Hornets have never made it. 33 years in the league or whatever it is, and they have never made an Eastern Conference Finals. And people wonder why they struggle for attendance. Well, you just don't win a lot in Charlotte, do you? Well, they, you know, they, they need a, a identity uh, player, a player that they can identify with. They really haven't had that. Even the Lonzo years were kind of, you know, sketchy. Um, they weren't, they didn't have that guy that was the face of the fan franchise. Um, it doesn't appear that LaMelo is going to be that guy. He's going to be a good player, it looks like. So maybe whoever you draft here can live up to some expectations because there's a pretty big one, especially after coming in behind what many people think is the best prospect in, I don't know, two decades. I hope so, dude. Uh, let, let's talk about it. Well, I'll tell you what. No, let's stay on the Hornets just for a second because I was shocked last night. Now, bear in mind, mock drafts are exactly that. They're mock. It doesn't mean anybody's locked in. I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I it, it, what would you place the odds at uh, between uh, 0% absolutely won't happen and 100% it absolutely will happen that the Spurs are going to take Victor Wimbayana? Well, you know, I heard somebody say that it was kind of sitting in front of us the whole time and we didn't see it. <laughs> so I guess in hindsight, you kind of go, yeah, that makes sense. You know, they've had all those, they had Tony Parker and Boris Diaw and some of the others. Um, so maybe it was there the whole time. We just didn't see it. The same old, same old. Um, it did seem almost Ewing-esque. And it's, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. So. Well, but you didn't give me the percentage, 0%. They don't take him 50, uh, whatever. A hundred percent. They don't take Victor. Yeah. Oh no. They're a hundred percent taking Victor. <laughs> okay. Somebody loses their job and might get hurt on the way home from work. If they don't take this kid. <laughs> gets hurt on the way home from work. Hey, you have bragged about him all year. You've, uh, you, you've turned me on to him. I've been watching. I mean, he is special. I mean, compare him to somebody that, uh, for folks who maybe don't know or haven't heard you talk about Victor Wimbayana, the French kid who is uh, considered uh, one of the best draft picks in a long time. Uh, who does What does his game remind you of, dude? Um, it's Honestly, it's sort of a cross between. I think maybe if you're going to go with a current player, you might would say Porzingis. Um, but he's more like Ralph Sampson the way he moves. Uh, and defensively, I think that's what you're hoping for is that you get something like Ralph is offering um, when it all shakes out. The, um, you know, yeah, he's got so much ability, but his outside shooting and handling the ball is going to be what I think sets him apart. And I read an interesting piece on him that I did not know. His sister plays professionally over there. And she's older. So this kid has kind of grown up playing basketball. I did not know that. Um, and that's, you know, anybody that understands, well, any sport for that matter, but particularly basketball, there's an innate sense that people have when they that know how to play. Um, the only reference I could give any of the average people are, when I get out there and we're playing pickup, 
I can tell two times up and down the court who's played organized and who hadn't. And people that played organized, they just have a feel for where they're supposed to be. And I think by this kid growing up in that environment, I think it's really going to aid him moving forward. Now, again, his biggest key is staying healthy. And especially, you use Samson as an example. Now, bear in mind, we're talking, you know, 35, 36 years ago, we didn't have the medical technology that we have today. But I don't think anybody can disagree that uh, Ralph Sampson, had he stayed healthy, would have been one of the one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, he proved it in the just the four or five years he was in the NBA that, uh, I mean, he was a force. I mean, he, he was a seven-foot-four guy that could handle the ball I wouldn't say Isaiah Thomas style or, you know, anybody like that, but I mean, he could handle the ball very well for a seven foot four guy. He had range to 15, 18 feet. I mean, of course he was very tough inside too, despite a slight frame. If he had stayed healthy, who knows uh, what would have happened with him. And I like what you say there that, I mean, here's a guy that's very special, but health is going to be a, a factor here for sure. Isn't it rich? I think it will be uh, just because he's so so long, so tall. Um, we've seen a lot of those go sideways. Now, interestingly, like one of the ones you would think would not be able to handle the rigors of the NBA was Manu Bowl, and he played pretty health free. I mean, healthy the entire his entire career. So it's kind of hit or miss. Um, I hope he stays healthy at least for the first few years of his career so he can get his feet under him in the league because I think the kid's got a real shot to be something special. And and Ralph is probably the best comparison if Ralph played in this era. It's just completely different the way they play big now, big guys. So um, it's hard to compare those now. You know what I mean? Because they're placed so far out on the floor. Um, if you watched any of the Nuggets Lakers last night, you saw two big men essentially working from 15 feet. Um, and you just didn't see that. Like I said one time before on this show, I rewatched the Jordan Worthy Perkins against the Samson Virginia team in the replay during the summer. And it was amazing that all 10 players were foul line below. Wow. And, and you just don't see that anymore. It's the exact opposite now. Nobody's in the lane. No, they're not, and and again, that's just been the metamorphos- metamorphosis of uh, of basketball over the past few years. Hey, let's talk about the San Antonio portion of this. I mean, you talk about a franchise that, uh, yeah, they've had a couple of down years. I mean, obviously, they had to have had a down year this year to uh, to be in you know in the in the, in the uh, running to uh, get the number one overall pick. But, dude, as a student of basketball and as a fan of basketball, the way you are. The San Antonio Spurs, man, they have just, I I wouldn't call it falling forward, but maybe it is a little bit falling forward here, Rich, that here, you know, they they struggle, they get David Robinson. I mean, one of the best centers ever in the history of basketball. They have one bad year in the Robinson era. I believe he was injured that year. They end up with Tim Duncan, who I can't, I I guess I could pull up uh, when you and I did our rankings, but I think we both had Tim Duncan in the top 10 all-time players ever. I know I do. I know you did, and I think I did too. But And then here we go again. They have a couple of down years, and doggone it, here go the Spurs again, going to get a a generational talent who's probably going to, you know, again, if he stays healthy, you've got a player that's going to be 
one of the top players in the NBA for the next 10, 12, 15 years. Who knows how long, especially uh, with the way careers and the way the medical science is now today. Dude, just speak to the Spurs, and just it just seems like, again, as a Hornets fan, who we've not seen the Hornets even make an Eastern Conference Finals, uh, who can't get the pick when they need to get the pick. Here we go again with the Hornets as compared to the Spurs, who just seem to have a horseshoe shoved up their uh, butt. We'll say it that way. That's uh, up their butt. Yeah, there you go. Um. Yeah, you got to wonder about that sometimes because there, there are definitely some teams that have had better luck in the lottery than others, Charlotte being one of the ones that has not had any luck whatsoever. I mean, the years that they – the year that they did have the number one pick, you know, the best player was Larry Johnson. And, you know, then the years that you really want the number one pick, they end up with number two when Shaq came out and, again, when Anthony Davis came out. So, <laughs> it, it's kind of – yeah, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow. Uh, you know, I would generally say I'm not a fan of the lottery, but the tanking thing has kind of changed that. Um, so I don't really know what the answer is to that because you do seem to get this from time to time, and it definitely seems to happen whenever there's a generational talent there. Well, like I said, it's just uh, you and I, we were messaging back and forth, and just my heart was just ripped out of my chest. When that happened, when they uh, ended up pulling out them being the number two card, and I mean, there's a big chasm, isn't there? I mean, Victor Wimbayana, like you said, is just it's it's a lock. We know they don't even need to. Did you see? But I got to mention this. Did did the did the Spurs uh, GM or whoever that was that was there? Uh, he wasn't a little bit excited, was he? Uh, oh yeah, he was ecstatic <laughs> as, as well. He should be. You know what I mean? As well, he should be. He should be very excited, and and it just goes to show you where. Uh, it's added that the that wind horse was over there in France, yeah. <laughs> ready to interview the kid, <laughs> which was crazy to me. I'm glad you brought that up, Rich, because I probably, I probably wasn't going to get to that, but ESPN who is bleeding money right now, as we know, and everything you read about it, I mean, they really are. They've laid off a lot of people, but they had it in their budget, Rich, to fly Brian Windhorse to France where he could do a, a 30 second live. It's not like he sat there with him for five minutes and I'm sure he's going to file reports from over there and they're going to try to get their money's worth out of it. But still uh, he did a 30 second interview with Victor Wimbayana at the end of the draft lottery last night. I'm not so sure that was exactly uh, getting your money's worth. Maybe you should do a, uh, you know, in this day and age, you do a Zoom or something like that. Uh, so, the tough question here for you, Rich, do you think they got their money's worth sending Brian Windhorst to uh, to France for that? Uh, I do not, <laughs> if that's the way they did it. However, I got a sneaky suspicion that is a, a collaboration because I suspect that Windhorst is over there not only to do draft analysis because there's a couple other guys playing in Europe right now that are potentially top 20 picks, but also to, you know, they've been covering, the NBA TV has been covering some of those games from France, putting them on the air. So I suspect this was one of those deals where ESPN was like, well, we don't want to do it. The NBA is like, nah, go on, do it. We'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be something like that. Because, again, like like you said, in the video, it was so rough. I mean, it was, you could tell a satellite, but, I mean, in this, it's 2023, man. It, that was know, like standard, it was like standard definition, man. I don't want. I don't want to. Maybe, maybe it's uh, 
maybe maybe it's the um, the different wattage on the plugs over there or something. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been. You're right. That voice you're listening to is Richard Clark. He's our uh, NBA and hoops expert from the uh, Carteret County News Times. Uh, let, let's look at the Hornets pick here for a second. And I got to tell you. And I'm not putting this on you. It's not your fault. But, I mean, you know, I've been hearing Scoot Henderson, Scoot Henderson, Scoot Henderson, whoever was going to get the number two pick. And then uh, this guy from uh, from ESPN, Jonathan Giovanni, I got to admit, I've never heard yeah. of him before. He's got him picking Brandon Miller at the number two. Come on. he He's high, right? Yeah, that's that. – well – you make, you can make a case that Charlotte is probably one of the few teams that that move would on paper make sense um, because they have Lamelo. I'm of the opinion you take Scoot and then you figure it out. Um, but let's be clear: not only because of the basketball, because I do believe Scoot, having watched him twice, I think he's the better player. Um, we saw Miller flame out in the NCAA tournament. Um, that being said. They also have the Mount uh, Bridges case hovering over top of Charlotte, you know, with the domestic violence. And then you couple that with <laughs> the problems Miller had in college and what does that look like on a PR sheet? So um, I would be really surprised if they took that kid, but you've seen crazier things. Uh, you have. Uh, and just to remind people, if they don't know, uh, Brandon Miller was involved in a allegedly involved involved in a situation where he uh, drove a gun uh, drove a car that had a gun in it to uh, a, a teammates uh, to a teammate who ended up uh, shooting and killing a single mom and uh, no tell, tell it what it really is somebody <laughs> called his teammate called him and said hey bring me my gun and he drove it to him yeah uh, dude I, I, I was mean, trying to sugarcoat it as much as possible but no right. man that doesn't deserve it that's that's right there with the all-time you know, what do you think was going to happen? He was just going to show it to somebody and then say, here, take it back and put it in the box. I know. I know. Dude, <laughs> that, that's, uh, yeah, they, these kids. And how is this guy that I don't know, man. I, and he, I watched Alabama. I'm not going to say I saw him 10 times this year, but I watched him two or three times this year. And he just, I don't know, man. My I wasn't eye, my impressed eye, either. There you go. Thank you. I was about to say, my eye is not as good as yours is, especially for NBA talent. And I just, dude, he just never, I, he just you never know who he me. me he did, he did, I got to say this. I didn't think he was worthy of the number two pick. Is he an NBA player? Yeah. He's got an NBA body, and I think he's going to be a, a solid NBA player. But the number two pick overall? Well, I think that's where the trouble lies is that what are you looking at? Are you looking 10, 5, 10 years down the road? Or are we looking like this first five years? Because what I saw is the same thing I saw in Jabari Smith. I see somebody, that, the guy that went number two last year. I see a guy that was supposedly a good shooter that did not shoot a high percentage, that clearly is not quite ready to handle the ball on the NBA level. Is Jabari Smith going to be really good? Yes. Um, was there is there an enormous gap between how good he is right now and how good Paolo is right now? Absolutely there is, as big as the Grand Canyon. And I think that you're going to end up with the same thing with Scoot and the Miller kid. Maybe five years from now when he's put on a little weight and he knows how to handle the ball, then maybe you have something because he's 6'9", whereas Scoot is lucky to be 6'2". Uh, I will say this, though. One of the things I found interesting was a 
article I read, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that Curry, Steph Curry and Scoot have a relationship, a mentor type deal, which um, I'm all in on that. Because uh, Steph, if anybody can teach you to do it the right way, it's Steph. Oh, it's absolutely. You know what? Something you just mentioned there, too, and I, I appreciate this. And it, it coming off our two days of uh, back-to-back interviews with uh, Reggie Bullock, that you heard what he said. I mean, listen, when Reggie, even though he stayed three years at Carolina, it took him five years before he got his feet under mm-hmm. him in the NBA. Five years, what, two teams until he got uh, until he played for SVG or Stan Van Gundy at uh, for the Detroit Pistons. You're right, dude. There are players. There are times that you just got to have patience with them. Listen, people aren't going to come out of the gate like uh, Tim Duncan or Shaquille O'Neal or uh, LeBron James even. I mean, there are players that if you have the faith in them and you have the time, that uh, it's going to take time. And that was the deal. I mean, that was out of Reggie's mouth himself. He's like, listen, I wasn't ready to play in the NBA my first year, second year. Hell, even into his fourth year, it took a coach really – Giving him time like Stan Van Gundy did with uh, Reggie, and look at him now. Reggie's in his tenth season. I mean, and there's really no slowing down. I mean, I think he's going to be in the league another three or four years, don't you? Oh, I do think he's got at least another couple of years left. Exactly. Um, depending on the shot shooting, he's got to shoot better than he did last year. I mean, that's a given. I think he even acknowledged that. He did. He did on your show. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that unless you're one of the guys like LeBron, um, which is a very, very rare group. It takes three years to be ready for the NBA. And I don't care how long you went to college. For all the old school people talking about, or oh, they're in college. No, uh-uh. <laughs> you absolutely don't. There are two reasons why you don't. One, college does not prepare you for the NBA on the court. Now, the life stuff is a different argument. Let's set that aside for a minute. But on the court, college basketball does not prepare you for the NBA. Number two, if you go early, you get to your second contract earlier. That's the money. Yeah. Ask any of them. That's the money. The first contract's a rookie scale contract. That is what it is. But the money comes on the second one. And if you can get to that second one and still be in your prime or not yet in your prime, you'll be able to maximize that deal. Well, a lot of people talk about, uh, you remember when Zion came out, I just, I remember cause I was, I, I saw four or five of his games in person that year when Zion was there and everybody talked about how old, no, no one will be going into the league with an NBA ready body. And you know, who's got the mindset and playing at Duke, you know, where Krzyzewski's getting him ready to play dude. Yeah. Zion's had some good, you know, some good appearances. Yes. I will acknowledge injuries have played a lot into that too, Rich, but Zion was not ready for the NBA, dude, coming coming right out of the box. He was not. And, and you know, let's, to be honest, Zion would have probably been better off just go straight from high school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we can say what we want, but he was one of those rare few who physically was already ready. He just needed to learn how to play in the NBA. And I think what you saw – the little bit he played, I guess it was two years ago now, was that he's starting to figure it out. But he, his timetable is so messed up now. Honestly, I would trade him. We're never, in my opinion, and I hate this because I like the guy. I mean, I think he's refreshing. I like his personality. But I don't know. Are we ever going to see the Zion that we thought was a possibility, Rich? I do not think so. Wow. That's- Number one, 
and, and, I, and I hate to say this because you really never know. It doesn't appear. It appears to me, I, this is a, probably a better way to say it. It appears to me he likes being rich and famous more than he likes playing basketball. He sure likes to eat. We know that, Rich. <laughs> well, you know, there, therein lies what I'm talking That's right in what I'm saying. Yeah. And and we, we you see that in every field. You know, it's just more highlighted in sports. That You know, we forget sometimes that they have made it when they got there. Only a few of them want to be great. And we always assess sports guys on a different level. I mean, how many people do you work with at the radio station that just show up and do average work every day? Yeah. You know, they don't want to be great. No, you know, most of us don't want to be great. And we put it through a different lens in sports. So I hate to judge him so harshly. I just don't think Zion really wants to play. I think he's on that Ben Simmons, all don't want to play, I want to be famous team. Oh. God, I hate that because, I mean, he's just the potential he had. Okay, Richard Clark, Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Dude, I can already tell you we're going to run over a little bit. If we run into the 8 o'clock hour a little bit, no. And I'm good. This is the, this is the day to do it. I mean, could we run into the 8 o'clock hour a little bit? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, okay, go good, good, good. I just wanted to make sure. Because you're a Tuesday guy. I'm used to our Tuesdays. Wednesday's a completely different day, so I just want to make sure that we're good to go with that. Okay. Uh, okay, I want you. I want to stay on this a little bit with the NBA draft. You, uh, Let's say MJ calls you and says, Richard Clark, I want you to be in charge of our 20, 2023 draft. Uh, and, heck, I'm just going to make you the general manager of the team for the next six months or forever. Well, first, when you woke up, when you uh, recovered from passing out, because I know. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, let's, let's play this little game here, Rich. You are in charge of the Charlotte Hornets right now, okay? You've got the number two pick overall. You've got this roster that's just, I still think, just a slap-together roster. What what does Richard Clark do? Uh, and I'm talking about in, uh, starting today. What are you doing, Rich, to improve the Charlotte Hornets? The the first thing I would do is decide that we're taking Scoot. Okay, we're let's be clear. Okay, we're going to take Scoot. So then that leads me to my next move, which would be to quietly ask around what the market for Lamelo looks like. Now, ultimately, you kind of want to see what those two could do together. Because if they could somehow mesh, which you never know until they get out there, then you might really have something, you know, because the mellow can play. Um, I just don't know he can play defense well enough to be an elite player, but Luca can. So who knows? Yeah. Um, the other one is you got to clean that roster off. You got to get rid of Haywood. You got to get rid of Rozier. You got to get rid of some of the others that are eating up some of your cap space. Probably going to have to let, just try to let uh, P.J. Washington move because uh, his contract's going to cost you a little bit, and you don't need any of that right now because you're rebuilding. Um, you're probably going to have to take on some expirings, but that's fine. So those will be my moves in that order. Um, take Scoot, see quietly, quietly see, because you don't want to make Lamelo mad. So quietly see what the market might be with him. And then start just start unloading Haywood's contract and those guys. Wow, I mean, it, you, and, and it's an interesting move. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 you're good. But Orlando has the sixth and the eleventh pick. So, um, do you, you know? Do they want Scoot? Trade up for two. Give me six and eleven, and maybe somebody else. You know, is that the move you want to do? Because honestly, you need guys. Um, and I don't know. 
I need to look at in depth. I need to look at the guys in their face to see who's who. Now I would take Scoot. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade that far down. But okay. it's just an option. Well, as I'm looking at their roster right now, Gordon Haywood, thirty million dollars he's making a year, dude. Has yeah, he can't third, do that. And nothing against him. I mean, yeah, he's had you know injury stuff, but. The Hornets took him after that bad injury in uh, Boston and are paying him. I, I just, I can't wrap my mind around that, dude. $30 million. Uh, uh, what, Terry and Rozier? I think it's more next year. Oh, dear God. Terry Rozier made $21 million this year. Is he even in the top 50% of players in the NBA, dude? Honestly? No. No. And absolutely I, I'd say not. the same thing about Gordon Haywood. So, dude, you've got $51 million tied up. Right there, uh, Kelly Oubre, I don't even think he started this year, made $12 million this year, and I, I don't know, dude. I just I wonder how in the world you put a roster together like this. I mean, LaMelo is still on his rookie contract, but making $8 million a year and is worth a lot more than that, and we'll probably get – where's he at? Is, was it, Did he just finish his second or his third year, Rich? His third. So the fourth yeah, year so is coming up. up. Oh, yeah, so this coming year, wow, 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 wow. That, that's the reason I would quietly shop him. Because at this point, right this moment, he's not worth the max you're going to have to give him. Now, I'm not in a room with him every day, so I don't, I don't know what he, how he works and all that stuff because that matters. It really does. And um, if he's on the high end of that, then okay, you maybe think about re-signing him for the max because you don't have to give him the max. I mean, that's the oh, reality. Yeah, yeah. Of it. Oh, no, I don't. I think everybody realizes <laughs> because that. You, too. you also realize that Charlotte's got a 20% tax, you know, surplus tax because it's Charlotte. <laughs> you know, who wants to go to Charlotte? I know North Carolina is one thing, but when you're talking about, hey, let me see, do I want to go to Miami or do I want to go to Charlotte? Or heck, dude, you, you can know? pretty much name any other place. And I listen, I lived in Charlotte, I love Charlotte, but. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'll never be able to wrap my mind around rich that this is the team owned by the greatest player in the history of basketball. And you would have thought once upon a time, people would jump at the chance. Oh my God, I could go play for Michael Jordan. I would love that to learn from him or whatever, or dude. And as, as great and as dynamic a player as Michael Jordan was and the greatest, I mean, I think you, I'm not even think I know you and I 100% are in concert on that. How did he become just such a, an awful owner, dude? Well, I think you go back to the, to the history of great players as coaches or front office, and I would dare you to find me one that was good. Ah, Larry Bird. Larry Bird yeah, was a heck of a coach. Yeah. yeah, that's probably – you're probably right. That's probably the best. And he was good in the front office. Yep. So Larry's probably the latest example. But I can give you five that were awful. Five? You could probably give yeah. me twenty that were awful. I mean, right. His, so, so Larry's kind of the aberration here. But you're right. Larry, Larry does deserve that. I shouldn't put that on Larry. No, no, no. It's all um, good, dude. It's all good. But, but the, most of them aren't that good at it. And I think it's some of that stuff where they're they don't really get why people can't do what they did. Is what I think. And go. plus, I think Jordan really just has the Hornets. You know, so his boys got jobs. <laughs> dude you know i would do the same thing if i owned the charlotte hornets you don't think i would be uh or whatever that i would be calling uh, richard clark and saying hey dude what you want to do <laughs> yeah but but here's the difference even if i owned them i'd still be like nah man we got to do better than this yeah yeah 
I mean, you know, I, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on your job, and you may even say, okay, you're going to keep your job, but I'm hiring a real general manager or something. Yeah. You know, because it's been a train wreck, and that goes back to past George Shin, honestly. I mean, like we were just talking about, the best year they had was Alonzo and, and Larry Johnson, who hated Charlotte. And and they, they've never made a conference final. I mean, in a play in the NBA, you just luck up and make a conference final once and again. Yeah. So, you know, dude, how, what's Memphis that about? The Grizzlies have made a conference final, dude. Right. You That's know, I, give me another one. Uh, I was about to well, say you, got, you, got, uh, you got a six seed and a nine seed in it right now. You know? That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy to me, man. I'm telling you. Richard Clark on the line with us right now is, uh, man, I didn't know we were going to spend this much time on this because I really, before we, I want to get into last night's game, I just wanted, I'm getting Well, you, you made a mistake. I could talk about the draft all day. So. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. Especially when I put you in charge of a team, you know? Maybe that's what we'll do this summer, too, is as we get closer to the draft. I mean, I've done it with the Hornets now. Maybe I put you in charge of, uh, I don't know, other teams, too, and the Washington Wizards, man, which have always fascinated uh-huh. me, dude. Well, the way, I mean, I don't understand why they're – it's almost like the, the Washington football team part of it. Oh, by the way, dude, uh, talk about slamming on the brakes and switching lanes on you. I may be back to uh, being a Washington fan, dude. Okay, I just, I, I, I dude, <laughs> we're talking about the the commandos, right? Yeah, the commandos. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, dude, they got rid of the ding dong. The witch is dead, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. It looks like it's going to be final now until the ink is dry and Josh Harris actually owns this team. I'll, I'll wait until all that happens before I start buying gear again and tickets and all that. Right. But, uh, but dude, did you hear what this minor league baseball team in Maryland did? They are, if your name is Josh or Harris, you get into the game to their baseball game free. If you wear, (laughs) seriously, if you wear, if you wear commander's gear to the game, you get, uh, like, uh, tickets for $10 when they're usually like $17 or something. But anyway, they are celebrating the fact of, uh, the ownership in the team. And I I just, I love it, man. And listen, it's it's funny because Daniel Snyder is not well liked in the DC area. <laughs> you know, that unlike Jerry, as, Jerry is actually like yeah, but dude, that was about as nicely as you could say that there. Uh, Dan yeah. Snyder is not well liked, dude. I would put it at no. just straight out hate, dude. Yeah, he he's the Redskins. Are, I begrudgingly say this: they're one of the cornerstone franchises of the NFL, and for them to be so bad for so long now is uh, a travesty, really. Well. It just, uh, I, dude, never talk about never making a finals. They never made a uh, NFC final, or you know, NFC final. They never, uh, what? They had fourteen losing seasons in his twenty-four years. Won one playoff game. I mean, come on, man. Uh, he and, and on top of you know what? You could be lovable losers like the Detroit Lions or the New York Jets or somebody like that, and still, you know be loved i mean he just he took that franchise a one like you said dude they are they're a legacy franchise one of the best franchises in uh in in nfl history i mean three world uh, three world series three super bowl titles just a very very solid uh franchise and has reduced them to to nothing i mean dude they're barely getting thirty thousand fans in a game i'm really going to be interested to see what josh harris does 
in his uh, time. That well, to comment on that, I think it's I think you see because there are real parallels between him and Jerry Jones. The difference is, and I said this before you, Jerry's on the field product sucks, but. <laughs> Off the field, he's he's built a, a temple down there, a football temple, if you will. Oh yeah, he's by all accounts pretty well liked in the area. Now, cowboy fans they vary on this greatly, but the, the, he's got real facilities and stuff down there. And as we see every year when they do the franchise valuations of all sports, the Cowboys are in the top two or three every year. Yeah, where are the Redskins at? So, you know, I will Redskins, the commandos. So, you know, I think there's the difference. I think Snyder just didn't know what he was doing, really, yeah. or didn't care. Well, if there's one thing, and I can't believe I'm about to say anything nice about that person, I, th- I really think he wanted the team to do I don't think, uh, you know, it was like if you heard Reggie yesterday, we were talking about social media and, you know, listen, Reggie does not go into a Dallas Mavericks game wanting to go two for 12 from the floor, okay? He wants to go right. 12 for 12. And I feel the same thing with uh, with Dan Snyder. And, again, I can't believe I'm about to say something nice about that SOB. But uh, I, I think his heart was in the right place that he wanted to do well. He wanted to win. He wanted to love and adulation of uh, someone that, you know, a, a winning owner. He just didn't know how to do it, and he wouldn't take advice. And, you know, he, like people you and I know in the newspaper business through our years in it, that, uh, not your current boss, by the way, because, I mean, it's awesome at the Carteret County News Times, but I'm talking about your previous stops. <laughs> Was that good? Was that a good recovery? Mm-hmm. But, that, yeah. but that, you know, people who think they know everything and won't take advice and won't even listen to the, the people in the trenches, that was Dan Snyder's problem. I think he wanted to win. I don't think he intentionally said, you know what, back in 1990, no, I, oh, I want to buy, or 99, I want to buy this team and only win one playoff game in 24 years and, you know, and have 14 losing seasons. I think he wanted to have winning seasons. He just didn't know how to do it, and he wouldn't hire people. And if he did hire people who knew how to do it, he would bristle whenever they did a good job. I just – it's good riddance. I mean, I'm glad that this era is very nearly over. And Richard Clark, I may be back uh, as a Washington fan, man. Well, that that you you hit the nail on the head, and Jerry's the same way. And I think you, we kind of morphed into the Wizards because Polian is kind of the same way. But I think the the added bonus in this is that when you get these guys that are bazillionaires or whatever they are to buy pro sports franchise they've been successful in their field so they feel like why should they listen to somebody that you know makes minimum money and just knows stuff about football or basketball or whatever so how can they not learn about it um and i think you hit it on the head when you said he didn't listen to it like you see that time and time again not in just sports but in all business you know people that are have money for whatever reason in their little, in their business, they they don't want to listen to the people that probably know more because they actually do it. Um, and sports are a lot like driving. Everybody thinks they know, but most of them don't. Um, the Wizards are. How long have they been bad? Really? Oh, good Lord, dude! Since they, I, I'm trying to remember when they were good. I mean, when they were making 
deep playoff yeah, If run. you're not going to go back to the West Unsold years, then I guess <laughs> maybe the Weber years, maybe. But, yeah, they've had minimal success. And this is the same, the same owner. And, you, and they've had the same administration pretty much for the last decade. Um, it, you know, why would you not change that? Do you really like somebody that much that you can't? And you got a bazillion dollars. Can't you just say, hey, I'm going to still pay you, man, but you're not the GM no more. Yeah, dude, You know I, what I mean? I agree wholeheartedly. Let me interrupt you for a second here. Uh, we are wrapping up our first hour of the Brian Hanks show. Uh, you, you've heard Richard Clark. Guess what? He's going to hang out. with. Can you hang out about 10 minutes or so? Absolutely. Yeah, he's going to be hanging out with us here. We're going to have John Clemens also from the uh, from the Downey Wood Ducks in our second hour. Thank you for listening to the first hour of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by our friends over at Lenore Community College.